Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You gave me $225. That doesn't even cover my hair and makeup. You have made me feel that you don't appreciate it. And guess what? I don't want you in the show. She doesn't need me. I don't need you. I have my own cabaret show that's very huge. And guess what? You're not part of it. And I tried to include you. And you made me feel bad about it. She didn't mean to do that. Yeah, she did. I said I can't do it. You're done. I don't want you in my show. How's that? You're done. You do want me. You're done. No, you're done. No, you're done. Don't want you in my show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Hello. How are you? I just wanted to start off the episode with some positivity before I just go into my usual reign of negativity and chaos. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to thank you guys um, for all of the incredibly thoughtful and kind and well-written reviews on Apple Podcasts. I feel like every time one comes in, I get like that shock of like, oh no, (laughs) what is it going to be? But fortunately, you guys have been like really overwhelming me with these like super nice reviews. Wow. Like I can't even believe it. Um, I, you know, I think I've said this before. I, I, I had a little hesitance about starting a podcast all on my own and it's actually been like super fun, really rewarding and has like pushed me and challenged me in ways that I was not well I was expecting to be challenged and pushed but I it's been so rewarding and just like really really nice to hear from all of you guys and the fact that you guys connect with it has been like just like really really nice so I just wanted to thank you guys so much like it's not in vain 
I appreciate every every single one of you for real. And I didn't think that I would be one of those people that was like, you know, like you watch YouTubers and they're like, I love you guys. You guys are like my family. And I'm like, oh, okay, girl. But you know, it's true. It's actually true. Wow. Here we are. Here we are. Grateful and happy somehow in 2020. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, now that's over. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've had some very, very tragic news this week with the disappearance slash presumed death of Glee star Naya Rivera. Um, I used to love Glee. Like the first few seasons, I was really into it. I kind of fell off after that, but I really liked the show. And honestly, I thought Santana was like the best cast member on the show and the best character on the show. I thought it was so like groundbreaking to have a young girl, you know, be out and have a, you know, same sex relationship on the show. It, you know, even at the time it was just kind of like a groundbreaking situation. And I really loved the character and, you know, I feel this is like a, obviously like a really tragic situation. It's a hard thing to talk about um, because of the circumstances. I can't imagine that people don't know what happened, but if you don't know, um, Wednesday she and her four-year-old son went to uh, Lake Piru, which is in uh, Southern California, and they rented a pontoon boat. The pontoon boat had a three-hour rental. Once the rental place realized that they had been past the three-hour timeline, they went out to go find where the boat was. And unfortunately, they just found her son. He was asleep on the boat. And Naya was nowhere to be found. She has not been found since then. Um, if anything happens, I'm trying to record this as late as possible, just in case anything happens. Um, and if it does, I'm going to change this so you won't even hear it anyway, but, uh, it's a very tragic thing. She's been presumed dead in a drowning. Her son is the only witness, um, said that they, you know, she jumped in the lake and did not come back. It's incredibly, incredibly sad and confusing and just really, really tragic. Um, so I you know, unfortunately, there's really been no updates. There's just nothing really to talk about in terms of that. But I do want to have a bigger conversation of what I've been seeing on the internet, especially this week and in the past couple weeks. It seems like there's been an influx of stan culture, um, conspiracy theory culture, just like strange corners of the internet culture, Reddit culture, Twitter culture has really leaned into these. Um, and I, Liz Bentley talked about it and I think she said it best is that like, we have been so inundated and so invested in true crime that I think it's really skewing a lot of people's minds about what is happening in this world. Um, and making people feel like they're investigators and detectives and like they have all the answers and it's really 
frustrating personally for me to see. Now, in terms of Naya, I've been keeping up with the story. Um, you know, and trying to like, you know, keep up on updates and stuff. And I've been noticing, so she was missing in Ventura County. The lake is in Ventura, California. So I've been keeping up with the updates on their Twitter site and Twitter site, (laughs) 34 years old guys. So they're on their Twitter account and they have, you know, like been trying to keep updated on people, but like, we all know, like, she's nowhere to be found. There's really no evidence. There's been, as far as we know, there's been no, nothing coming up, not clothing or any evidence that she's around. The issue with why she probably has not been found yet is because this is a, like a man-made reservoir and there are a lot of trees and debris and things that you can get tangled in at the bottom of the lake. There are different levels of this lake. There are different temperatures. A number of things could have happened to her. And like, I, maybe I should have issued a trigger warning. But hopefully, I mean, I've been talking about death. So, you know, sorry. Um, th- in my mind, the most likely thing that happened is that somehow she got tangled up in some sort of debris and she just couldn't make it back up. Um, because of that, like there really haven't been updates until you find a body. Like you can't keep saying like, Oh, we still haven't found her. Right. I mean, they'll let us know when they, when they do. So these people have found, they've been, the the sheriff's department have been you know filming and posting helicopter footage and footage of these like sound scan sonar machines to prove to people like how difficult it is to see under the lake or not under the lake like in the lake underwater and just like proving to be, like they're trying they're doing the best they can. They have trained professionals down there and every resource that they possibly have has been done. They have stated that they have no evidence to believe that she made it to shore. If you look at the terrain at the surrounding lake, it's not like a deep, lush, heavily populated with trees forest. It seems like mostly like short brush to where when you see the helicopter footage it's very easy to see what you're looking at if she had made it to shore i in my belief it would be very obvious that you would have seen her by now um these people have come twitter detectives and they seem to be under the impression that in one of the videos you can see something that just like dark it's just like a like the brush that's there the terrain that's there is like you know like light like straw colored and green for like uh what do you call it oh my god like shrubbery you know and so there's one part right along the shore like 
a step or two off the lake into onto the shore onto the land you see like just a dark thing that's like kind of next to a rock to me it does not look like anything and like i said it is right on on the shore excuse me right on the shore so if people had been looking for her and they said that they have looked on land even though they don't think she ever made it there they have looked on land they have searched there if that was her body which is what people are alleging it would be blatantly apparent that that's what it was people have posted stills of this black blackness nothing like i have looked at this footage over and over and over not a thing convinces me that this is a body or any sort of living thing at all um however <laughs> thousands of people on twitter have convinced themselves they have drawn diagrams around this mysterious shape saying oh here's the head and here's the shoulders and here's where her legs would be and here's where her torso would be you guys it is i mean i don't want to use the term laughable in, in this case but it is ridiculous it, it is ridiculous that people think that so Every time this sheriff's is uh, county sheriff Twitter Twitter account tweets, people say, "Have you looked at this? Are you guys searching the land? Why aren't you guys paying attention to us? Making demands of the sheriff's office and of the search and and rescue teams. Like these aren't trained professionals, and you guys aren't like seventeen year olds from like wherever the fuck who couldn't handle being." in this area like it is unbelievable that everybody has like put on their detective hats like they're the fucking bobsy twins and they they think that they're gonna solve the case and here is my biggest issue that i have several issues one these people are trained professionals far be it from me to be supportive of the police especially during a time by now like now but in this case you have to understand that these people are trained to search they're trained with in their area they're familiar with the terrain they know what they're doing they're trying to find this woman and god bless them for doing it they have said that they that there's no evidence that she made it to shore i'm of the belief that if she had she probably wouldn't be in some cabin that is meters and meters away from the shore in my estimation, I have to imagine, and this makes the most logical sense to me, that if I was out on a boat with my child or anybody's child, I wouldn't run into the forest if I couldn't get back to the boat. I would sit there out on the shore and try and find these people, try and find any passersby to get help. I wouldn't be going into a cabin and chilling it, right? Doesn't that make sense to everybody else? Like, wouldn't you have noticed that there are helicopters chopping around, that there are people walking around trying to find you? You know, like, let, let's be logical, people. Let's be logical. I think it's an extreme waste of time to think that we're all going to be solving this case. Secondly, her family went out there on the lake on Saturday. Do we think 
that it has not occurred to them to try and think of any possible way to get their family member, close friend, ex-wife back? Of course. Of course that they have been trying to think of like any possible thing. Somebody, there are several family members that went out there. Somebody's asking the good questions. Somebody's asking, you know, there are conversations that are being being had. There are dialogues that are being had. Like, let's, let's really be realistic here, you guys. Come on. And I'm not talking to, like, you guys. I'm talking to the people on Twitter. <laughs> it is crazy to me. Like, you guys are wasting these people's time. So now, as of an hour ago, the Ventura County Sheriff's Twitter account tweeted, In today's search for Naya Rivera... Cabins and outbuildings in the surrounding area will be checked once again, as well as the shoreline. This has been part of the ongoing search effort since her disappearance on Wednesday afternoon. Boat crews continue to scan the lake. Then the next tweet. For those intent on searching for Naya on your own, one, the lake is closed, two, temperatures are already in the 90s, and three, the terrain around the lake is very steep and rugged. Our teams are well equipped and highly trained. We do not have to want we do not want to have to rescue you. People are going off on them saying you're being rude. <laughs> you guys are being disrespectful. We're just trying to help. Why don't you guys get Heather Morris, who's one of her cast members from Glee, and I guess they maintained a close friendship. She had tweeted at them saying, like, please, like, if there's anything I can do to help on land search, like, let me know. I want to, I've been trying to reach out to you guys. They're doing all that they can. You know, like, it is in their best interest to find this person, right? And if I'm going to be completely blunt, I think this is like an ego thing. I think this is like, it's gone beyond caring for the person and gone into an obsession of being right and of solving the case. And I, I, I don't want to take away from how sad this is. But when I say what I'm about to say, but unfortunately, even if you guys, even if they searched at night, even if they drain the lake, which they're planning on doing next month anyway, not having to do with her, this was already a planned thing because they have to like retrofit things in the, within the reservoir. Even if you guys do all that thing, all of that, like the rescuing of the body is for her family for her close friends, for the people that she knew and had relationships with. It is not for closure for us. I understand that we have, we, you know, a lot of people feel like a connection to actors and celebrities because of the characters they played, the music they create, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, at this point, it's not our business to seek closure for this. Like, we have to understand that there's a, an extremely slim chance that she is on land and that she is living and waiting to be found. Extremely slim. And so even if you guys have found that proved the point that like we found her body, unfortunately it's not going to bring her back. And I really hate that I, I, I feel like a dick even saying that, but like that's the truth. Like what is it going to do for people on the internet who don't know her, like you guys got to chill. And I feel like if this were my family member, I would be really mad. 
I would be really mad at these people and say, like, understand that you guys are sort of trying to be well-meaning, but it, and the other point, it's just like, you guys, it's gone beyond caring for the person and it's trying to be like an I told you so situation. And that's where it's like, everybody needs to get a grip. Everyone needs to get a grip. And that brings me to my next subject. There was a big, um, trending topic on Twitter about Wayfair, the furniture, online furniture company. There is this great conspiracy theory about how people have been posting screenshots of items that have been found on the site that are massively marked up. Like, for example, there was a pillow that should have retailed for about $35 or something like that. People posted screenshots of this pillow being marked at $10,000. And the pillow was like, just to say an example, like it was an astrological looking pillow, like um, Scorpio sign, berry pillow, $10,000. So people posted screenshots of that pillow and the price. And then they posted screenshots of um, a missing person with the last name Barry, right? For an example. And then they tied it like, oh, here's this cabinet that is was marked at $14,000, $17,000. And the name of this cabinet matches the last name of another missing child that's there. And here's a picture of an inside of a cabinet, a white cabinet that somebody has smeared help in what looks like blood. Help me. And all of these things that basically are alluding to the fact that this furniture company is also a front for human trafficking that these people are children are being taken and being sold on wayfair.com again obviously human trafficking is a very real thing it's horrible it happens but we need to focus on the real demons like there was even a girl who somebody had posted screenshots of who had to go on Facebook live or IG live or whatever and say, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Like, I think she just ran away of her own volition, came back. She's safe. She's fine. She's not a victim of human trafficking. And she was saying, you guys are being using the R word stupid. And I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm not, nobody's trying to sell me in a effing cabinet, like all this stuff. And their responses to that were, wow, she sounds really defensive. Wow. Isn't that weird that she's so upset that people care for her? Well, wow. I guess if she goes missing again, like, I guess we won't care like a boy who cried wolf sort of situation. Like this is your response. Like you don't want to believe the actual people that you're claiming are the victims and you're so in a different universe that you're now upset with her that she's upset for being accused of being trafficked. I mean, what? Worms. Worms. Brain worms. Everybody's got brain worms. Get the worms out of your brain. Like, what is happening, you guys? What is this? What planet are we living on? Like, of course... There are shady things that are happening in this world. No doubt about it. Of course, we see it. Jeffrey Epstein, hello. Ghislaine Maxwell, hello. We know that these things are happening. 
We have evidence, athlete A, again, let's watch that, about cover-ups, people being sexually abused. Hello, there was a whole thing in Milwaukee, like a month ago, of people trying to find these poor girls, two girls that had gone missing. They find them in a house. Turns out the house has a whole bunch of children that had actually gone, actually gone missing. The house got um, guarded up by... Um, local police, the people in the neighborhood had been calling and calling and calling the authorities saying, I think something's going on in this house. Finally, a bunch of them round up and, uh, are like campaigning and trying to figure out what's happening. They look and there's people what look like minor children with like, um, like tarps over their head streaming into a cop van and rolling off these things are happening but you have to i'm so frustrated let's just make it clear if you're only seeing news that's traveling from reddit to twitter that should tell you all you need to know about the validity validity of the situation right don't you think don't we all think that? What is happening? And there just seems to be like an influx of these like, hey, have you guys heard about this? Hey, I saw this. Isn't it weird? Hey, blah, blah, blah. And I know that there's a certain sect of people that like don't want to believe in mainstream media. And of course, media needs to be more responsible. And of course, media covers certain situations. But we also like... We live in a society, you guys. And if Wayfair.com was he- trafficking humans, this would be huge news. This is not something that would, like, make it from Reddit to Twitter to Facebook two months from now with your auntie being like, oh my god, what is this? The 5G conspiracies, I'm weary. <laughs> the coronavirus is a hoax exhausted the, I need a nap and I'm actually going to take one gosh okay okay so Let the red table it. talk that we had all been waiting for was finally released on Friday and by all I mean me and the rest of black twitter hopefully this is also interesting to the contingency of people that listen to my podcast if you guys don't know what I'm talking about a couple weeks ago slinger, singer slash gentleman August Alsina was doing press for his latest album and in one of the interviews he admitted that he had a relationship a romantic relationship with Jada Pinkett Smith and you know I say this as a person who's you you guys all know the title of this podcast is it anybody's business what it is that people do in their marriages in their romantic relationships not really but I also feel like on the other hand they've been like kind of what I would describe as opaque. They have spoken about it on platforms meant for mask consumption. So I think we, you know, I don't think that they're seeking privacy, but I think it's fair to have a conversation about it as long as we're not like being petty and salacious and blah, blah, blah. I think like, okay, I would, I would recommend that you watch the the video. 
it's only 12 minutes and I think it covers a lot of topics. I think the major omission is whether or not they were actually in an open relationship and I will get into that later. Um, my Basically, um, what I have seen them talk about, it seems like when they decided to get married, the decision was made to stay together forever, for better or for worse. Um, if they had to seek out other physical relationships or emotional relationships, that was fine, but they were going to be together. They were going to be living together. This is going to be a lifetime partnership and that's it. Done deal. So whether or not they are in an open relationship, I is still not entirely clear to me. So let's get into why that is. It starts off with Jada saying, you know, I felt it was important to clear the air. She says, somebody made a statement for me that went cray cray. Um, like I said, Will is there. And he says that if you guys have heard anything about us making statements about the situation, that is not true. We had made the conscious decision to purposely not say anything until we got to the red table. Jada then goes on to say that the situation between she and August was private. I don't know why he made it public, but it's all good. It's all love. I'm fine. And she says, basically, another thing worth mentioning is that she's a little bit like the communication styles between Jada and Will, I think is very interesting. I would tout myself more as a will jada is a little bit more like they're kind of like dharma and greg right like where she's kind of like up in the clouds using these five dollar words this big vocabulary she describes her relationship with august as an entanglement and will at one point was like okay girl like just say what happened <laughs> like like just be like let's cut to the chase let's be direct and honest like we don't have to walk around and pussy pop around the issue um so basically four years ago she and i'm thinking like she and will or she and the whole family beca- began a friendship with august at that point both jade and will describe him as august is really sick whether or not that was substance abuse or mental issues, both they don't get into, doesn't really matter, but they helped him. They found resources to help him. And at that point, it was really just about like, we really love this guy. He was in a bad way. We helped him. He kind of became part of the fold, part of the family. And also during this time, Will and Jada were in bad a bad situation in terms of their marriage. Will says, I was done with your ass. Jada does not. (laughs) She, you know, she doesn't deny that. It seems like they were in a really bad way, indefinitely separated, really wanting to make it, have a divorce. And like things were really hanging by a thread here. Um, So, at that point, her entanglement with August went from platonic to romantic. Um, So, August, in in the interview that he did, said that Will had given permission to, for them to be together. 
they refute that. Jada, and I love her for saying this, said, first of all, (laughs) the only person who can give permission to be in a relationship with me is me. But in a literal level, there was no conversation that we had, no conversation, no sit down that Will and August had where Will was like, oh, like, this is great. I don't, you guys do each other. (laughs) Y'all do you, y'all do each other. I give my blessing. That did not happen. What Will says is that they were split and it was amicably so, maybe not in the sense that they were like getting along, but in the sense that he was like, you can do whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to get in your way. So that's why I say like, they made it very clear that like, they were not really together when she got with August. So there was really no reason for them to say that like, we, in addition to that, we still have an open marriage and we can do what we want. Like they make it very clear they were really not together. Um, so, like I said, Will challenges her on the term entanglement. He's like, you guys were dating. You guys were fucking. Like, we don't have to, like, to just say what it is. Um, then they kind of, like, shift into their relationship. And they were saying, like I said, like, they were in a really bad way. Will was doing his thing, Jada was doing hers, and that they did everything they could possibly do to get away from each other, but that ended up not being feasible. And Jada also admits to dealing with her own stuff during that time, having her own kind of like awakening in terms of her behavior how she treated things. And this is like the time where I really vibed with her. I thought she was being like the most real about where she was in her head at that point. And Will was like, when you got with him, what was it that you were looking for? And she says, and I think something that we can probably all feel like we've all been in relationships where maybe we're not feeling as fulfilled as we are hoping our partners can give us or, you know, whatever. And she said, honestly, when I got with him, I was just looking to feel good. And he made me feel good. And I was looking for somebody to give me those things that I was not getting for my relationship with you. And it was a joy to help this broken person. And she said, I, you know, I have codependency issues and that was a great learning curve for me to realize that like there was a difference between fixing myself at my core and fixing myself or attempting to fix myself through fixing someone else. And this was a time where I was able to learn a lot about myself, a lot about my past traumas and do some like really deep healing. Um, so at this point, she's basically, she was in a bad way with Will. She found somebody, there was somebody in the peripheral who made her feel good. They, she and Will, for whatever, like she did her own healing. It came to be, 
that they both realize, she and Will both realize that they really genuinely wanted to be together. And when they started communicating again, August basically cut off all communication. She's like, I totally understood why that happened. But truth be told, like, I really haven't spoken to him since that moment. I have questions about the timeline because I recall that there was a screenshot of August wishing Jada a happy birthday just last year where he is going on and on about how she he thinks that she's like the most beautiful woman inside and out and you changed my life and you're my whole world and this isn't like so if this happened four years ago I just have questions and, and if anybody can correct me on that please hit my line so they both say that they're confused about why this is coming out now because it's a situation that happened so long ago. Like I told you guys earlier, this was an interview that happened because he was doing press for his new album. So maybe he just felt like I'm going to say something sensational, pull a Kanye and try and, you know, get more clout for my project that's coming out. Um, then they go on to say that like they were both broken in their own ways, Will and Jada, when they first got together. They've been together for 25 years. When they first got together, they were both broken in their own ways. And, but, the great thing about their relationship is that they've always been able to be honest and open with each other. And now they're in a new place of unconditional love. So I think that was maybe kind of like a tell. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm just reading too much into things. But, you know, he said that, like I said, they've always been able to be honest. And then Will says, it's a miracle that I'm speaking to you now, given how bad things have gotten, had gotten at that point four years ago. And Jada's like, yeah, I I know. (laughs) And then um, Will also says that, like, he told her that their first year of marriage, he would love her through anything. And Jada was like, you know what? I heard you when you said that, but I was really unsure. I was really not thinking that you would be truly able to handle all of me, all of my baggage, all of, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Will said something along the lines of, like, I feel like I have the girth to handle all sides of Jada. And they go into like you know basically just like how much they love each other how good their relationship is now and like just how perfect it is and like I hope we never have to go through anything like that again and it just seemed like really nice like a really nice and you could sense the tenderness that they had for each other and people have been roasting Will because he looked a little bit rough I don't think we've seen Will look that un- unkempt is not fair because he was probably wearing clothes that were worth more than three months of rent, even in New York, you know? Um, but, you know, he looked a little rough around the edges. I will say Jada looked incredible. Beautiful. She looked so well-rested. <laughs> she looked... <laughs> 
just gorgeous. Like Jade is a beautiful woman. She always has been, but this is maybe like the best I've ever seen her look. And she was just in like a button down shirt, like cooling. She looked so gorgeous, but that's besides the fact. Yeah, I would, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think or thought about the interview. Um, people really seem to, on Twitter especially, not that this should be any bit any surprise, but they seem to side with Will and really felt like Will had been put through the ringer with Jada and they were putting like photoshopping pictures of Jada that was like clearly putting her face over Future who's like hip-hop's number one fuckboy. <laughs> like, it, it was funny and it was jokes and I get that, but I also feel like haven't there been rumors about Will being unfaithful to Jada in the certainly in the beginning of their relationship? I, you know, I, you know how society is always blaming the women. Um, yeah, that was it. I thought it was actually more interesting than I felt like it was going to be, especially with Will there. Um, another thing that I found interesting is that Will still seems a little bit prickly. <laughs> about that time in their lives and in their relationship he really was like mm, this was bad I still want you to know that I really really was not fucking you with you during that time um and I thought that was very interesting um it's <sighs> It's interesting to see people who, and I don't know if this is like something that Jada puts on for Red Table Talks, but she just seems very like, you mean, very much like a willow, like, like maybe she'll smoke a joint and then like listen to Erica Badu or like listen to like wind pipes, wind chimes from, you know, now and again. But Will just seems more like down to earth be direct tell it like it is and it's it is interesting to see two people like that come together and really have respect for each other and respect for each other's vibes and where they're coming from i i just found that all very interesting so yeah let me know what you guys thought about that sound off in the comments <laughs> okay guys and just before i get into the latest recap of roni I just wanted to let y'all know that I am going to start recapping both Married at First Sight and Love After Lockup. Married at First Sight premieres on Wednesday and Love After Lockup premieres on Friday. So I'm going to start recapping those. I would highly recommend that you watch, start watching both of them if you haven't before. They're both mess. Like, I think that 90 Day Fiance, Married at First Sight, and Love After Lockup are all kind of like the triumvirate of like weird relationship reality shows all messy and interesting in their own right. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys all join me on this journey. And now with that, join me with the latest episode recap of Real Housewives of New York with Carrie O'Donnell. So much fun. Check with you guys later. Uh, have a great week. I'll catch you on Wednesday if you guys watch 90 Day Fiance. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you guys. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everyone's Business with Mine, Real Housewives of New York recap. Join with me is Carrie O'Donnell. Hi, Carrie. Hi.
Uh, How's it going? Uh, Thanks for having me again. So excited. You know, you're like the number one white man in my life. So <laughs> I'm I'm very honored about that. Thank you. You should be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last time we talked about 90 Day Fiance. So I, want did. To, I wanted to um, just trip you up a little bit by doing a, a quick fuck, Mary kill. Okay. Um, I'm going to do, I'm going to give you Big Ed, uh, mm-hmm. and Paul of Paul and Carini. Okay. Say that again. Big Ed. Jihoon and Paul. Um, okay. Wait, which, who is Jihoon again? Jihoon's the one from Korea who's like a... Just- oh, oh, right, right. With the, with the, yes. Okay. okay. Um, <sighs> Paul, I'm terrified of, so I, I need to kill him. Because <laughs> uh, I'm, he, he has like, he kind of has like, domestic terrorist vibes um oh. big ed sucks too though yeah i'm gonna have to i'll you know what i'm gonna have to marry big ed because he's at least has some years of wisdom jihoon i'll just fuck him because i'm not marrying him because he's a mess <laughs> i mean he's the best looking option and big ed yeah. is the person who actually has a home so you're probably yeah but i paul is just bone chilling i'm terrified of him i think he's like i worry for Kareen and their child <laughs> it's it's a true true nightmare that paul yeah. i don't know how he got to be 38 and he's 38 he's 38 <laughs> oh my god i thought he was like i'm 31 i thought he was at like my age i mean yeah. not that i'm that much younger but like whoa yeah. You know, the best part about Paul is his mom. <laughs> his mom and all of her locks of hair that she gives to him every time she, he goes down to Brazil. Ooh. Yeah, that, that, I mean, she's, but the worst part about his mom is that she's enabled Paul to be who he is. Yeah, 100%. I need to get eyes on the father. Um, <laughs> we've never seen him, and he seems like the scariest monster of all. We need eyes. <laughs> we need to get. Yeah, we do. I I also want to know more about um the personal trainer who was like trying to, who kept telling Karini that she he wanted to like make babies with her. Yeah, and was that, like low key funding her lifestyle. Yeah, I also was always just so like impressed by Karini's parents just being like so overtly <laughs> anti-Paul to him yeah I I love that yeah his mom her mom just like completely cannot stand him yeah. thinks he's like a true devil from America and just is like please just go back to Kentucky and leave our family alone like I don't care I will take care of your child like just go home yeah and, like, anytime Paul, anytime Karini, like, walked into the room and, like, sighed, the mom would be like, leave him. Like, even if it wasn't about Paul, she'd be like, okay, we're done. Leave him. Leave him. It was just amazing. Oh, God bless. Yeah, prayers up for Karini. She's, mm, she's <laughs> more than anybody. Oh, my gosh. What a blessing to be back in the Berkshires. 
Oh my god. Wow. The house the house is looking It's, it's looking. looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it looks like something. It looks like something. We're not in I mean usually they go around Christmas time. This is obviously after Halloween, but she hasn't quite put the decorations up. There's one random Christmas tree that seems like it's just there all year. Yeah. She's definitely like a Christmas all year kind of gal. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are you thinking? So Dorinda has like the reno is basically all done. Mm-hmm. Like Andy's, you know, baby shower debacle where the house completely flooded while she was in right. LA. How how are you feeling about the new decor? Okay. I mean, look, I if she needed to do it for some kind of like spiritual cleansing. I get it. And I know that, I mean, the water damage, I, I couldn't tell if the editors were trying to troll her a little by showing that it actually wasn't that bad. Um, but I think it looks like for what it is, it's, it's okay. I mean, some of the, I think some of the stuff is very questionable. Um, I'm not, it's not my taste, but for Dorinda, it seems to fit her. So there's a lot olive green happening which is yeah, a real the, yeah my my boyfriend actually said the shocks of lime green yeah. he was like they're they're kind of like a lot and i yeah they were every kind of turn you made there was just like like just a green you know and like like yeah. slimer from ghostbusters was just like <laughs> you know and like it was that's how it kind of felt to me oh my god you're exactly exactly right she has a true aesthetic that just like kind of like old money mm. meets like I I don't even know like a like a <clears throat> who's that guy from the seventies used to like throw glitter at people and he was always in like Hollywood squares like that guy just just a lot of oh fans. yeah yeah I it seems um it's like a a wealthy country person who is like thinks this is how like a rich person in quotes should live maybe does that make sense like they're yeah. like they had they were yeah i don't know that's the only There's way i can describe ceramic. it a lot of ceramic a lot of painted yeah. painted things it's it's you know not my taste but you know not not my money either so good for her what i what i loved the most was um her those drag those like dragons in her fireplace the the, the log holder was like these like kind of satanic looking (laughs) dragons with d-r-a-e dragons yeah (laughs) a lot of real a lot of choices that are happening here Mm -hmm. um so Dorinda, we start off the episode. She's on the bed. She's trying to call all the girls, but nobody picks up. She's mm-hmm. a total loser. I'm loving that Sonia's personal voicemail just redirects to Sonia in the city, which is like she's trying to pretend like this is a business that you're calling and saying like, yeah. "Oh, my team will call you guys back." I'm like, no, man, yeah. not what happened. I know. <laughs> I know. And then, and then Dorinda is always trolling. She's. Like just her repeating Sonia in the city. Yeah. 
this is a Dorinda that I love, who's just like kind of like get a grip. Yeah. Like, I also love that Leah's voicemail box was full. Yeah. <laughs> Typical. It seemed that very was... epic of Leah. Uh, of course. Oh, man. Um, so then we, in the next scene, we see Elise go to Sonia's place. And I have to say, I know which building Sonia lives in. And that um, building that they pointed to was not the building that she lives in. Where does she live? Is it Upper East Side? No, she lives, like, right in Columbus Circle. Oh. Um, yeah, but, like, uh, I guess east of the mall, like, the CNN Center. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But so they, seen... they showed it just to throw viewers off? Yeah, I think so. Because I've seen her... I was going to get tea one day, and I saw her running with that little dog to straight to Central Park. Oh, like jogging <laughs> like running like she didn't want the dog to like pee oh, to where okay. she up, or poop where she had to pick it up um wow. yeah <laughs> it's it's a, one of my best housewives sightings do you see housewives in la because i feel like that's rare no i i see i've seen like angelina jolie at whole foods but i've never i've yet to see like kyle or dorit or something was Angelina alone or was she with any of the kids? Oh, she was with Zahara and Shiloh. And wow. I Two. I was walking in to Whole Foods, my West Hollywood Whole Foods. I was coming from the gym. I looked a mess and I walked in looking just frightful. And <laughs> I turned down the first aisle I went and standing before me with a shopping cart flanked by Zahara and Shiloh was Angelina in a black uh shift dress with huge sunglasses on just looking so thin and so beautiful and they were like slowly moving down the aisle like perfectly and i think there was a bodyguard behind her and i literally turned around and walked away because i was (laughs) like i can't let these three gorgeous things see me and i (laughs) and then i was checking out and i think Everyone in the store, like, I, I swear to God, like, I just, I think everyone noticed that they were there, and the entire store just turned and, like, like they just sucked all the gravity out of the room. It was insane. That's wild. How long That ago? was, like, that was, like, two years ago, but that was, I, that was kind of, like, biggest celeb sighting I've ever had. Like, in the wild like that. I mean, you can't really get bigger than that. Yeah, and they were just like, I think one of them I heard say, like, Mom, can we get this? And I was just like, ah! Like, I can't. (laughs) It's too much. It's too, too too much. Speaking of Columbus Circle, one time I saw Heather Thompson at, I think it was J. Crew, and kept asking the sale, one of the salespeople to like get something for her. And then she would move to the complete opposite side of the store, which is like, (laughs) A worse night. Like, I've never really worked in retail, but that's, like, a real asshole move, right? Like, I don't need to, like, come out and have to find you yeah. at the end of the store. Oh. It's not searching to ask you. That feels very Heather. It was. It really does. I've seen Heather several times <clears throat> and her husband, who is significantly shorter than her. Yeah. Mentioning. He's cute, though. He is cute. They're, they're, she's, attra- she's cute, too. Like, they're an attractive couple. 
Yeah, they're like equally attractive. It's a nice pairing, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yeah, we're back at Sony's house. They're talking about the Halloween episode last uh, week, and oh. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Sony said that she was like with her gaze. They were doing hair and makeup, and she came in real hot because she thought that she was going to be going to one of her gay parties, and that it turned out to be the shit show dinner that it turned out to be which is amazing yeah i love that i love that she didn't even know she was going there which was really very sonia and like (laughs) when they were doing hair and makeup they were doing cocaine maybe (laughs) yeah adderall and adderalls yeah (laughs) um so it turns out after that whole halloween thing Ramona and Elise went to went downtown to the friend Omar's party and Ramona pulled a literal Regina George and was like, you can't sit with us. And Elise said nobody was even at the table. But yeah, Ramona, she like she like followed her. Ramona into like some area of the bar and like was like, why are you running? And Ramona was like, I'm here with my friends. And there was just like ghosts there. <laughs> So Elise has come to play finally. Yes. I'm loving the emancipation of Elise. Like <laughs> it's incredible. Like I was I like, too. I... and in the past two episodes, she's really been bringing it. And I'm she I love has. It. Ugh. Um then she says she reveals that over the summer Ramona came over to her house and that Ramona like took off her bathing bathing suit cover when her husband arrived and gave him a massage. Yeah, that was like I could I totally could picture that and I didn't want to be picturing that, but I totally could and I think that's very Ramona's like in her wheelhouse, especially that's like post crazy. post Mario to like you know, Ramona, here's the thing that I, the, the vibe that I get, maybe I'm wrong. You can, this is just my hot take. Ramona always talks about being like a girl's girl and like being like, oh, I have so many girlfriends and being like, you know, a woman's woman. But she's very, I actually think she's more of like, I just get along with guys better. Yeah, she time. gets that energy of like, girls are too dramatic, but it's like, yeah. you're not recognizing that you're the problem and that you're pissing yeah. people like she's it, like I'm I just am like yeah like I'm 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 a cool girl kind of thing and like likes to like be the center the only girl that all the guys are looking at right it's exactly what we saw in Rhode Island of them going to that restaurant and her just wanting to flirt with that like weirdo who was engaged yeah. at the bar <laughs> oh that was so strange and like and I think she always kind of um she always likes to make the other girls feel like they don't have that many friends. And they're actually, I think, I mean, even Luann, they're all like more like when they're together, they're like, we're here with our, our girls kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I, Ramona, yeah. I don't know. I think she plays that. She tells people that, but she's just doing another. She's been pivoting like definitely in this season, but I think it started last season too. It's like, Post Mario, she was like extra horny and like just looking for any dick to that comes her way. But now it's like she's getting really into like status mm-hmm. and 
the importance and it seems like she pivots between she waffles between like I don't need a man and I'm always like running off I can only film with you guys for seven minutes and then I have to go on a date and I'm going to this party that party and like she just is above the housewives it seems like and I don't yeah. like that no I don't, I don't like, like that either I don't like when any housewife does it Bethany does it does it or did it uh, Nini in Atlanta does it all the time and that's yeah. what like you guys would be nothing without the show so none of you guys are above it even Bethany Frankel yeah and I and I think Bethany I mean she did end up leaving but I think she actually she actually realized that when she before and then that's why she came back she was like this is my I have to just like give in to my bread and butter yeah um, but I think Ramona Be Bethany at least has some things to to back up that she's a little like out of their league. Like, I don't think Ramona has much going on. Right. Uh, and, and I, Nini I, had like a Ryan Murphy show or two. Yeah, Nini, Nini was on Broadway. She was on a, yeah, she was like on a Fox show. Like she, like she had things and she's, you know, and Nini's just, I think more charismatic than Ramona. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I just I feel like Ramona's maybe this is like her swan song and she knows her time is running out and she's just kind of like she has like senioritis. Yeah, it, it definitely feels that way. Like she's too good for everybody. And I would really love for somebody to tell her that she's not. But it seems like we're heading that way. Um, so in the next scene, we get Lou and Leah and Ramona. They go shopping and I just want to say that in the background of Leah's first interview, Talking Head, she has a, a drawing of her mugshot behind her. <laughs> I know. I saw that, too. She also <laughs> looks like Catherine O'Hara. Yes. In the second one where she's wearing that, like, psychotic red and yellow tie-dye with the gloves built into the sleeves. Oh. Heavy makeup. The heavy eye makeup. She's really giving you, like, Moira Rose. Yeah, she's giving you like post-apocalyptic. She was really <laughs> leaning into like the vague apocalypse of COVID and giving you like post-apocalyptic fashion show. Yeah, half Shit's Creek. <clears throat> yeah. Like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> WWE, exactly. She also, um, what was that shirt she was, MTTM? Oh yeah, it's her um, Married to it's the Mob. Oh, Married to the Ma. Okay. I was like, at first I thought it said bottom in a previous, <laughs> like, because her hair was covering the first M. Okay. I, I get that. Yeah. Leah invented streetwear. Did you hear? Yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so this is where Ramona just, like, completely falls off the edge for me. She thinks Dorinda is mad at her because... She, Dorinda, is just now mourning Richard's death. Something that we've actively seen Dorinda do every single season that she's been on the show. Um, it, it's just so funny to me that it, it, Ramona's like Teflon singer. Like, she is not responsible <laughs> for anybody's actions. It's always coming from some, like, deep psychological thing. It has nothing to do with her. And yeah. Luann's like, I think you maybe just rubbed her the wrong way. And Ramona's like, no, I don't think so. No, not possible. Yeah, I mean, it's no wonder that Ramona supports Trump because she's 
I mean, I don't even want to evoke his name in this sacred <laughs> space, but I do, I feel like she has some of that, like, just complete narcissist, uh, blame everyone, but blame everyone around me kind of thing. Like, just napalm everyone around me and not turn it inward. I, I, that was exactly what the scene gave me. It's like, you can tell she's been hanging out with some, some Trumpers for real. And Leah's like, you know, I think that Dorinda and Sonia both feel really taken advantage of with like that party planner, which is completely true. Like Ramona didn't need them to be there at all. Oh, that was so weird. It was completely for an Instagram thing. Like, and if you didn't get a discount for it, then you're a dummy. Yeah. And also just that whole thing was bizarre and like dragging them out to like Long Island. Like it was just such a production. It, it really was. Um, yeah. And <laughs> so Ramona's response to that is maybe they're upset because no one's throwing them a birthday party. Maybe they're upset because they don't have 50 friends. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Luann and, and, you know, and like obviously sarcastic is like, uh yes Ramona no one has no one has ever had more friends than you and Ramona in earnest goes I know it, it's it's I'm very grateful for it <laughs> well she's like regressing into a teenage girl like imagine being 62 like if I turn anywhere past 50 if I get to 35 and I still give a fuck about how many friends I have like just like I I just want to jump off a cliff like this is <laughs> yeah no, seriously, like send me to send me like fifty one fifty me because I just if you have more than like twenty friends, like I'm like, wow. If you have more than like ten friends, I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and the fact that she counts these varying degrees of fifty to eighty to a hundred to sixty girlfriends that are very close friends of hers, like I it's like it's truly unbelievable that she thinks that her birthday party is like the Met Ball. Yeah, it's it's a real who's who and truly who 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 is who. Like we don't and I I also just briefly want to talk about Ramona being at that birthday that Hamptons party that Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend got COVID at, I I believe. Is let's get into that. Well, okay, I was like when I when I learned that I was like, my first thought was Ramona is like <laughs> the new thing for these that crowd is like getting the antibodies, and then Ramona two days later was like, me and my daughter got antibodies from when we think we had COVID in February, but then I was thinking I just and I love Dorinda and Lou calling her out for it, but also like as we know like the antibodies don't last that long, yeah. and so I feel like. And it's not know. a reliable test. Yeah. And also, that doesn't like mean that you're not going to get it again. Like I know not- it's just <laughs> so. It was just so perfect that she was there. I was like, I, of course, she wouldn't have been caught. She wouldn't have been anywhere else. She was like, I have to be right there, right in the mix. You know, at that horrible, creepy guy's house. Right. Yeah, I loved the timeline of it coming out that she went. To being like, oh, I'm cured because me and Avery, like, I gave Avery the virus and then she was quarantined to Kim Gilfoyle testing positive. I mean, just, uh, you can't write a story like that. It's a real joke. 
Um, so Ramona thinks that the girls mock her because she has another world without them, like you said, and they resent it, which is truly laughable. Truly. And she, I, yeah. She would never say that stuff in front of the other women. Like, this is stuff that she would exclusively say in the talking heads. And that's what oh, is yeah. actually me. Because she knows, yeah, she knows that they'll, like, troll her for it. And I... You know, I've been talking about this with people, but I really feel like when Bethany left, the like the center didn't hold anymore, and now everything's sort of collapsing on itself. And I really yep. feel like Bethany kind of balanced Ramona out. Yeah. Um, I think the two of them, they were sort of like opposing forces in the universe. And I feel like Ram- Bethany actually brought out like the best in Ramona, weirdly, even when they were fighting, like... I think Ramona almost was at her best when Bethany was next to her. And now that she's not there, I just feel like she's, I don't know. Does that, am I, does that make sense? No, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. It's like she's humanized Ramona in a diff, in a certain way. Yeah. Her seem like kind of softer and even motherly, but now it's just like a combination of like Ramona wanting to like climb the social ladders and also like being the OG of New York now is like, it's too much. And there needs to be like balance. And I, it was almost like Tinsley was kind of the balance, at least because she was bridge between Leah and the older women. Mm -hmm. But now there's just like nothing holding anybody together. And I think I said this last week um, that we need to bring back like an older housewife and my top pick is Heather. Yeah. Heather, Heather's good. Cause she's, she's not afraid to like back. She's not afraid to stand up to people. Um, I'd be into Heather. Yeah. Honestly, like I, um, what was I going to say? Yes, Tinsley Tinsley was actually, I mean, she was a little bland, but she, I think Tinsley really earned her herself as, as an apple. And mm-hmm. I think that um, I was bummed when she left because I was, I mean, I was, she's not like the most exciting to watch, but she was like a real part of the, like a fixture. And she was also like, had she was like a moral compass. And somehow. now that somehow, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> between freezing her dog her dead dog and in her freezer and you know dealing with dale but um yeah i i think that there's just no one to kind of push the flame fan the you know to not fan the flames now yeah like somehow tinsley just like screeching to try and get people to stop fighting worked it really worked and i will miss yeah. that what do you predict for the future of Tinsley? Do you think she's going to get married and have a kid? I could see her. I could see her having a kid. Like either through. Yeah, I could see her. I could see her being just having like a one kid and like being a mom. And I, I honestly don't know if she's going to marry Scott. Yeah, I feel like. That's still like up in the air, but I think she's gonna have a kid. I think she really just wants that deep down, and I think I think Dale is probably putting a lot of pressure on her. Um, I don't know. 
I was what, shocked if, what do to you realize. Think? Well, at least at first I was kind of hopeful, but then I realized that the timeline between her like crying about like I don't think it's gonna work between me and Scott to her being like I'm moving was literally like seven days. Yeah. <laughs> I just like I don't know how you go from one part of the pendulum and swing so hard to the other side. It's I don't understand Scott. I don't either. We need to get eyes on him too. I need eyes on Scott and I need like just yeah, I think I think she's just so um eager and and willing to like put herself in a role that she literally like the door opened a crack and he was like, "All right, I- I'll take you." And she just went flying back. And yeah. Running through I it. I think and the thing with Tinsley is like she's actually like I think the only the person who who doesn't think she's I think the person who doesn't trust her the most is herself and I think that she doesn't realize that she's actually cool and like had some kind of thing going and I think whatever uh thing that she had that made her stand out and like gave her like a platform and gave her like people were interested in her and kind of fast like there was a reason why she was an it girl and other than like the obvious things that she had like immense privilege and was white and like you know (laughs) all that shit but i i think um but she was like the it girl like she was like the serena vanderwoodson of of like truly yeah and that doesn't happen some work on your end yeah totally and i think i think scott doesn't i think he's not he's gonna dull her yeah i don't see tinsley in chicago i just i don't see it no i don't either i think she's a new york girl and i think i don't know i just think anyone that asks you to give up something that like makes you i think tinsley liked being in a housewife i think she liked being on tv and that's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. And I don't think Scott, I don't think Scott, I think she was, I don't know. I, I don't believe her that she's happy to be doing this. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I agree. I think... Like you said, like, she clearly doesn't have high self-esteem. And I think Housewives is probably the only thing that, like, gave her some sort of, like, independent power on her own. And I just think that maybe that was too overwhelming for her. So she had to kind of cling to a guy who's, like, not going to treat her well. And, like, do the push-pull thing. Because that's what she used to 
Like she's used to chaos. And that's, that's so true. And it's... I, you know, I'm going to miss, I'm also really going to miss the, the housewives not understanding that Tinsley has a trust fund. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I don't, like, there's one thing to not talk about, like, the production end of things. Like, yeah, okay, if you guys don't want to talk about the fact that you're getting paid six figures for the show, fine. But, like, Tinsley is independently wealthy, and by that I mean she gets money from her family. Um, like, she's wealthy outside of the show in a way. Yeah, she's she like, she has, like, $40 million, like, uh, just at her disposal, and... I used to just love when Dorinda would be like, I don't understand how you have so many bags. And and Tinsley, as class, in, I think she, in, in the most classy way she was possible, she was trying to be like, I'm rich. You're right. Like, <laughs> I was rich before I came on the show. I was rich before I married a Mortimer. And, yeah, and, and that's yeah. what makes me confused about... I mean, not that it really matters, but these women do. It, it does matter to them. And I'm always like, are you guys sure you're in this world? Because that shouldn't be that surprising to you. It really shouldn't. And I don't know why they're always, like, counting each other. It's like, why would Dorinda say, like, oh, you spread your legs for a purse? It's like, all of you did if you want to get real technical about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, if we're going to play this game, all of you guys married wealthy men. Like, come on. And that's fine, but like, let's not point fingers at one girl when we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, Dorinda. I mean, let, lest we forget where Bluestone Manor came from. Yeah, you got that as a wedding gift, ma'am. <laughs> you got mention <laughs> as a wedding gift. Like, do we need to talk about this? <laughs> uh, it's insane. Truly, truly insane. I don't know why she was gunning for Tinsley so hard, and it really put her stock down in my eyes. Like, it I just. Agree. Seemed- necessary like so mean so mean and so unnecessary like they could have just been friends i know (sighs) oh my gosh so back to the shop luann you know is kind of playing like the nice woman until we get to the end of the episode oh my god (laughs) the the quiet woman the quiet woman and she tells Sonia or Ramona rather that like I feel like you guys are both arguing about the same thing like you're both talking shit about each other in the same ways and like you guys just need to work things out because this is ridiculous and Ramona uses this as an opportunity to say that now her feelings are hurt and she tries to conjure up a tear but then one, she's a monster. She can't. She's not capable. And two, like literally, her facial work will not allow her to cry. So yeah. <laughs> I also love that this whole all this drama in the Berkshires is happening mostly in broad daylight. Yeah. <laughs> like this endless. Like when did what? I felt like they got there at like dinner time, and then then they had like or was it lunchtime? And then it just like the daylight never ended. That's the beauty of of the Berkshires is because I feel like yeah, like most of. New York's outings happen at night. And so it's interesting to be have it be like 3.15 and we're screaming. Yeah, yeah. and wasted. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Beverly Hills where they're at some sort of like outdoor function. Right. And it's not even dinner time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a true thing. Um, so I love this episode or this scene of Dorinda doing role play with her housekeeper, Len. To oh make- my God. <laughs> To make sure that she doesn't serve 
anybody, mostly Ramona, because we all know that Ramona is an absolute monster when it comes to hired help. Okay, I I just need your thoughts on like I was I understand the sentiment of like trying to protect the woman who's helping her, but like I was that that felt so weird. It was very weird. It was yeah, Dorinda being like, okay, so Ramona comes up to you and asks you for a glass of wine. What are you going to do? And then she snaps at her like, no, don't say yes to her. <laughs> like, I know. I, like, And then making it seem like this woman's like, her first instinct is to serve. Like, I was like, oh, God. Like, this is it, just, oh, my God. It, yeah, like she's a machine. It, 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 Len, just give Len a paid weekend off. Okay. Also, also later when she was like, when Dorinda was like, oh, someday she's like, when I'm long gone, I just have a feeling Hannah's gonna give the house away. And then Len was just like, oh, I, I don't want you to go. And then she's like, well, you're gonna go before me. I was like, geez. <laughs> right. like, that was so unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Tru- truly awful. Um. Wow. 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 Dorinda will really give it to you in, in very small ways. We really have to listen to see how yeah. it is. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So Leah and Sonia show up first, and Dorinda gives them a little tour of the house, which I loved because we get flashbacks of like all the Berserkers' memories mm-hmm. from like, don't touch the fucking Morgan letters, yes. Ramona's dog shitting on the rug. Um, Dorinda headbutting a, a birthday cake with the candle still lit. That was my favorite, and I loved. I always loved in that moment when Luann, who was totally blackout in that episode, you just hear she just comes downstairs, and when Dorinda does that with the cake, you just hear Luann go, "Why did you do that? <laughs> Why did you just do that?" <laughs> like, oh my God! Um, yeah, I there was one that I really loved a scene where they didn't show it, but. One time they went, and this was when Heather and Bethany were on the same season, and they were having dinner, and Heather tries to get Bethany to eat some sort of food, and Bethany's like, I don't want to eat, like, why don't you, and then she just starts bawling. She starts bawling because she doesn't want to eat, and Heather's trying to be motherly and tell her to, like, have some risotto. She loses it, and it devolves into a complete fight. Bethany at the the Berkshires was really great, too, where she would call Luann, like, a whore. And tell her that she fucked everybody. I know. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, I really love the Berkshires. It really never ever fails us. Um, never. So Ramona and Luann are riding together, and Ramona has officially completely deluded herself into thinking that nothing, that everybody's mad at her, but it's not her fault. And she brought flowers so to keep the peace between her and Dorinda, and she says that. She is now willing to let things go because Dorinda is <laughs> acting out because she yeah. feels life has cheated her. <laughs> I know. Imagine saying that about your friend. Imagine saying any of the things Ramona says about like it's just <laughs> it's and then being like, oh, but I brought beautiful flowers <laughs> to try to smooth things over. I, yeah, it's uh, Ramona is really like capital R Ramona in this episode. I. Wow. Wow. wow, wow. And I also <laughs> loved every time they're whenever they're driving up in the cars, like on the way up to the Berkshires, I'm always like, 
God, the dread they must be feeling. Right. Like, getting ready for, like, fight night, basically. Yeah. You can't leave. <laughs> no. Once you're there, you're there. Once you're there, you're there. Oh, my gosh. And so Leah brings up fight number one that's going to happen, which is that Elise wrote on Instagram, it's all fun and games until somebody pisses me off, and we find out that Ramona unfollowed Elise on all social media platforms. Yeah, the picture of Elise, too, is so weird. She's just It's just her, like, in the back of the car looking like having no emotion on her face. This truly bizarre selfie. It really is. That's what I love about older people doing social media is that they have really no awareness. It's like, no. have you ever seen Wendy Williams' Instagram? I, I've, I've, I've gone to it before, but not, not recently. It's so strange, especially once she, once she got divorced from that monster. Oh, my it's God. Like, weird like her wig is always in a various state of disarray <laughs> and it's like the least flattering possible pictures and it's just like have a good day like happy mornings rise and grind like they're it's, they're weird they're really weird and that's... i i i think that i feel like especially with someone like her like just that's just radical just because <laughs> she always looks like so she always looks so like fresh and like yeah on point at all times on her show and to to see someone just like letting it all hang out like at home like i just think that that's there's something radical to that it it's refreshing it it's a sight to behold she lives uh, in new jersey right i think she moved to the city oh she moved back i yeah i think now she's like living in the city if i'm i could be mistaken but i think she got a place in like no closer to her studio so like chelsea I just want only good things for her. I I really do too. I really do. Uh, shout out to you, Wendy Williams. If you're if you yeah. can hear, us, we're waiting <laughs> for you. <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> um. So Elise finally arrives. They're sitting down for lunch. She hugs everybody but Ramona. Ramona's like sitting there like a cat. Like, if I just stay still, maybe you won't see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leah reveals that she slept with a guy with one ball, and Leah's response to that was, that was very kind of you. Yeah. Well, that was very kind of you. <laughs> and, then, and then Leah goes, that's a one and done kind of thing. And then Leanne goes, ha, one and done. <laughs> uh, it's moments before that turns into her next tagline, I promise you. Yeah. Uh, and then you hear Sonia quietly say, I heard you can get pregnant with one ball. <laughs> yeah Sonia. Sonia's already like she's she's already going places like she's she's taken wait we also forgot to talk about Sonia revealing the blue book yes I, I really don't know what the blue book is she said it was like a, a thing for every major city I guess you just talk about like the people like the yeah, first think, generation people yeah I think it's like the the yeah like the royals of the city basically so weird so weird and it looked very small for for new york i know have you have you seen rosemary's baby i haven't isn't that crazy no i mean it's it's i've there's so many things i haven't seen too like that that are like considered like movies you should see but there's this part where mia farrow takes out this book and it says all of them witches on it and she finds out some information about someone she knows that's like secretly a witch and 
I, for some reason, when Sonia took that book out, I was like, all of them witches. <laughs> well, this sounds right up my alley. I'm going to hit yeah. up him right after this. Yes. Um, so Dorinda shows Elise her room slash tries to instigate a fight between she and Ramona. She's like, are you going to are you going to confront Ramona? Like, I can't believe that she would do that to you. Like, and Elise sees right through it, which I appreciate about Elise. She's like, I, I know what you're doing. You're trying to get me to fight because that's what you would do. But mm-hmm. I love that. I love that about Dorinda is that she thinks that everybody wants to just like point fingers and be like, that's enough. Like, I'm not going to handle this. Sh-. Like, don't do this with me. Like, she she really expects everybody to behave that way. And she like doesn't get it. No, <laughs> it's, it's, really it's crazy. It, it really is. Um, so then they go back to the kitchen and somebody brings up the fact that like they were talking about some night that Elise was disinvited to. And Ramona was like, well, technically you weren't even invited in the first place. So you really shouldn't. Oh. Be. <laughs> She's a nightmare. It's a total nightmare. Like you guys are in your. You guys are have had decades on this earth. Like Ramona is sixty three years old. Like stop. Like there is, especially now. Like I mean, this was filmed in the fall last fall, but like now, just knowing how like tenuous like everything is, you're just like, stop it. <laughs> like all of this is so frivolous and dumb. It. Yeah. Ramona keeps perpetuating it, which is she does. She. I. I. For some reason, her, like, being self-unaware was, like, kind of a treat. But now it's just, like, reprehensible. It's a a curse. (laughs) It's disgusting. It's truly, truly gross. Um, So, what happens? Oh, so Ramona's like, well, I was just trying to meet up with some girls that I've known for 12 years. Like, that matters. And Elise is like, you went to a nightclub. It wouldn't have mattered if I had joined in with you. Um, Like, it wasn't some dinner that they were having. And, um... Then Ramona tries to get Elise on her own because she doesn't want to fight in front of the girls. Meaning, oh yeah, Leah clocks it immediately. It was like, I've seen her gaslight her people before, and like, I'm I'm just not gonna let her do that. So the girls follow yeah. her like basically immediately. Sonia also evo- she also like brings up her dad again. She's like, you're talking to me the way my dad used to, and it's like, don't go there. That's yeah. not what's happening. Don't go there. Like, what did your dad used to do? Start fights with you in front of people? Like, what? Is, what? Yeah. What were you saying? What was the point of that? Um, just, just so crazy. Uh, so they all follow her. Ramona says again that if I have a conflict with a girlfriend, I don't involve other people. And Elise is like, "Yes, you do. You talk shit about people to me all the time. Like, what are you even talking <laughs> about?" <laughs> that was yeah. funny. It was so funny. And we saw this last episode where Avery comes in the kitchen and is like, stop talking about Elise. I hear you talk about her to all of your friends all the time. It's annoying. Yeah. Uh, also, it's it's really interesting that, like, um, I I feel like Elise was has been, like, Ramona, one of her, like, true blues for, like, years. And now that they're on the show together, I feel like Ramona... I feel like Ramona doesn't... Okay, I'm trying to articulate this. I feel like once you go on the show with Ramona, she's been on the show for so long that she can't differentiate between, like, the show and reality. So she immediately, like, starts 
in on you, even if like you're her. So Elise, who's like has no real experience, like she's been on the show like briefly before, but like being a fixture. I think now that she's on the show with Ramona, Ramona's like, hey, we're, we're, you know, this is what we do, you know. And I think Elise is like, wait, we're like friends. Like, why are you, why are you doing this, you know? Like Ramona keeps getting like it's like top dog status. Like, don't forget your place. This is my show. Yeah. Is it like, look, I'm sharing my other friends with you. Like that's Elisa's problem, and then tries to clink glasses with her. And I'm not not a violent person, but I would have lost my mind at that point. Like, do not do that. Like it's so antagonizing to be like, look at all the things that I'm doing for you. You yeah. see these cameras? I gave this to you. So clink clink. Like don't fucking yeah. do. And you and I would venture to guess that Elise was probably. In terms of, like, if we're going to go into, like, the minutiae of, like, the social scene in, in this in this world, like, I feel like Elise was probably higher up on the scale than Ramona. For sure. And Ramona's kind of forgetting that. Yeah, I mean, Elise has that, like, my husband was, like, a finance guy money. Mm-hmm. Not, like... My husband, like, I used to sell clothes to TJ Maxx for a a price, and my husband does, like, Christian jewelry. Like, like, like Ramona came into Elise's world, not the other way around. Yeah, and I think when when Elise's husband and her divorced, and she was sort of, I think Ramona sort of, like, moved in on that and been like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're kind of on the outs now. Yeah. Oh, it's infuriating. Um, she then calls Elise narcissistic. And, <laughs> and then tries to like mock her by saying that Elise is just upset that like she's not having enough time with Ramona because Ramona's like the most popular girl at school and that Elise is just jealous. Yeah. She's her friends. Oh my God. Um, you could tell, like, nobody's really saying anything, but you can tell by the mood of the room that everybody's like, Ramona, like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. And so Ramona tries to get up again, and Sonia starts screaming, she's running, she's on the run, fight or flight. <laughs> fight or flight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Lewin says Ramona has selective memory, which I completely agree with, and she says... Yes. Ramona's always fighting in public, so I don't know why she's trying to run from a fight now. And then we get the, uh, the one of the best montage. montage of amazing fights. One of the best ones with Ray. Um, and then and, wow, Bethany, wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is like true. It's like an embarrassing thing of Bethany just being like, "I'm not gonna fight with you about not going to your." Um, what she refers to as anti-skincare um, opening party. Just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Um, so then Elise follows Ramona to the kitchen. So it's like we're having a conversation in the living room with the rest of the, rest of the girls and Elise and Ramona having this fight in the kitchen. Ramona starts off by saying how she was now disappointed in Elise because Dorinda went off on her during that Halloween thing, doing her little speech, and she was upset and Elise didn't try to help her. But we saw Elise try to help her. And Ramona turned her back to her and didn't want to talk to her. Yeah. Lee blanked her out. 
Um, back in the living room, Luann is like, you know, I kind of thought like I was going to be on, on Dorinda's side, but I have to be like honest that you just like doing that speech at my dinner party was kind of crazy. Well, <laughs> like, it was a little bit psychotic. I fully agree with Luann. Yeah. I think Luann was like, she was like, I mean, Luann, this was probably her last lucid thing that she said in the episode, but she, <laughs> she was like, she was like, there was a lot of dark energy packed in there. And then you cut, and it was, it was so, it was like truly twisted, that whole speech. And, you know, so filled with hatred. <laughs> and even yeah. if Ramona is like a mess and like a monster, like, it was in front of everyone and everyone was sort of held hostage by Dorinda. And I think Luann said it in a nice way, but Dorinda immediately was like, no. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was like Dorinda was trying to get people in like in the middle of a fight that Sony or Ramona didn't even know that she was in. So you're now doing a speech and being like, um, how would you feel if you were trying to tell somebody something and they asked you if you were drunk and it's like gets in her face and everybody's like, I'm trying to keep up here and figure out what it is that you're mad about. Yeah. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that whole thing was? If you were just not, there was no context and you were just there. Like if you were just like a gay there with Sonia and you were like, um, (laughs) yeah. And, and Sonia's chowing down on chicken wings and being like, yeah, "Yeah, you won't be. Yeah. You are. <laughs> Why yeah. You that, Sonia? Why would you do that, Ramona? Why would you do yeah. that? <laughs> uh, I would pay so much money to be in the middle of a housewives fight. Me too. But uh, I also think that every time the flashback of the um, speech reminded me of last season when they were at that benefit and Dorinda. Oh <laughs> my god! Is sitting next to Ramona and she goes. A big deal. It's a big deal. And you can see Ramona's hair like blow from Dorinda's like breath. Because she's that close to her. Like just that. When Dorinda goes there, she gets like near violent with her like personal space violation. Like for my own mental health, I had to block out that, that speech that Dorinda interfered on during that like was it woman who had been like abused like sexually abused so she was trying to make a speech and Dorinda's like yeah you know and, and Ramona's like horrified that this girl's trying to do a speech about how she's been raped yeah <laughs> and Dorinda's just completely chiming in it is and she rape. called her like Bipsy or something or like her name was like Bertie <laughs> yeah. called her like Bitsy Oh my god. Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, so back in the kitchen, Ramona keeps going on about her 50 girlfriends, and Elise is like, do you honestly think that these are all your close friends? I think you're being naive. Like, we run in the same circles. These are social friends, not your closest friends. I'm one of your closest friends, and I don't think I should be compared to them. And Ramona tells her to just appreciate what she's done for her and walks out of the kitchen. <laughs> she does not back down. She's like, yeah, 50 close friends. Like she's in, and Lelise is like, so you're I'm in the same category as 50 women. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very blessed. What can I'm I very say? Blessed. What can I say? <laughs> I'm very blessed. 50 uh, girlfriends. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have that. many. It's like 
I don't think so. No, nobody thinks that. Like, name seven of them right now. Yeah. First names. They're all um, in that room. They're all in that house. Right, exactly. Um, so Ramona made a fatal mistake by walking out of that kitchen because she walked right into another fight that she didn't even know she was in. And they're like, okay, Ramona, like, did you call Dorinda a drunk? Because I think people didn't know that the thing that set her off, which is the thing that sets her off all the time, which is when people call her drunk, even though she is. <laughs> she yeah. usually um, but that's like a real trigger for her. And so everybody's like, okay, d- did you call her drunk? Is that why she's mad? And she's like, no, I think I maybe asked her if she had a drink. But and then we get the flashback of her being like, you're drunk. You're drunk? <laughs> Are you drunk? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. At this point, like, it's very clear that drinking is a very touchy subject for Dorinda. Very. And, you know, that's none of my business, but. Maybe she should explore that a little more. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you have to tap into why something, A, comes up a lot with people, and B, why you get so angry when it comes up. There's something there. Um, So, yeah, they, like, kind of make up... Ramona sits on Dorinda's lap and they hug and then Elise is like oh I want to make up too and sits on Ramona's lap and Ramona just goes you're kind of heavy oh (laughs) that was so mean and weird I was that just Ramona was like she couldn't even look at Elise in that moment right refused to make eye contact with her and then basically called her fat you're kind of heavy and like I'm I mean Elise is that was just so cruel, I felt. I yeah, I don't think Elise weighs any more than Ramona does. Not that it matters. No, not that it matters, but, like, it's just so, like, Ramona's just such a mean person. Mean? Like, how would that be your first, like, she's giving you the olive branch. You're going to call her a fat ass, basically? Like, uh, <laughs> how is that your response? How is that your then, response? And then, and then Dorinda goes, well, you made up quick. <laughs> Like she's mad. Uh, you gave me quick, and then and then Elise is like, "Really, Dorinda? Like you guys, li- like you always do that with Ramona, right? You guys always sweep things under the rug. And if I'm gonna do it this one time, like that's fine because I'm trying to keep the peace in your house. Yeah, <laughs> totally reasonable. Um, so then they're at the Ramona and Dorinda are building a fire with those dragon holders. Mm-hmm. And this was such a funny conversation is Dorinda is completely right. She's like, Ramona would have like different personalities for like when she's in the city, when she's in the Hamptons for like different people that she's around. But now she's like an asshole all the time. And you used to be able to like snap her out of it, but now you just can't do it anymore. No. She's, uh, they've all converged into one. One gigantic monster. Yeah. Uh, so Ramona like tries to have a heart to heart with her about how you know like they're both single now, and she's having a hard time finding men, and she spends her weekends in the Hamptons alone, and it's just so difficult for her to find a man who's like strong enough for her and really loves her. And Dorinda, I think, was like giving kind of good advice of being like, you don't need to find like. It seems like Ramona needs to find, like, the perfect guy. Yeah. And, like, 
No shade, but unfortunately, in our society, the likelihood of, like, even though Ramona is gorgeous, she looks beautiful, she looks very young, the types of guys that she wants are probably going to be going for younger women. And that's just yeah, and it matter. And she's not, I feel like she's having a really hard time recognizing this, like, unfair, like, patriarchal truth and and it's funny because she ramona seems like someone that totally like contributes to the patriarchy but she also i think deep down actually without realizing it like doesn't despises it yeah and it'd be like i wish she sort of was more aware of it and then she could i don't know maybe that would make her feel a little more i don't know autonomy yeah and i I, there's like a a desperation to her, which I wish she would, like, stop with. Like, I totally understand, like, you want to have a partner. Like, that makes sense, especially when you're older and you're like, you know, I've got more years behind me than I do ahead of me, realistically. And, like, yeah. I want to have a person by my side and I want to have a love. Like, all of that is very reasonable. And yeah. It is probably reasonable that, like, a lot of guys probably aren't attracted to women who are, like, very financially self-sufficient and all just things. Like, it's all bullshit, but, like, unfortunately, that's just the truth. And I like how she quietly goes, yep, men are very intimidated by us. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm like, yes, lean into that. Right. Be okay with that. Like, you're, you're, I think you're, you're raging against the system, which, you know, is very, is stacked against you know, is, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm just like, it's just, I I wish that she, I wish she just gave herself more credit and like kind of, I think if she, if she just embraced that instead of this like superficial, like me and the 50 girlfriends, like, ah, like, like, and just, I think she would be a lot happier and then she would end up attracting someone that is like, appreciates that. Right. And Dorinda, like, tries to help her by saying, like, you can find a strong man, but you're not going to find them at Joe Farrell's house. Like, it's just not going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, say what you will about John. But, like, John seemed to really like her and he seemed to be really all in on her. And, like, their relationship was kind of unconventional, but it, it worked for them. And that, it, it did. Was, it worked. And for Ramona to be like, well... <laughs> Ramona or Dorinda doesn't know how to find a man and actually um, two guys at Joe Farrell's party asked me for the number and they're very successful and eligible like okay well where did that go yeah (laughs) where's the follow through (laughs) exactly and let's not be bragging like that you were palling around with a bunch of like idiot Trump supporters yeah and that they got your number like they probably didn't call you back so it doesn't really matter if they took your number or not. And they're loser. It's really it's really sad. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. Um, so the girls decided to stay in and get Chinese. And Leah and Elise and Sonia have a conversation that starts with Sonia admiring the fact that Leah doesn't have a fupa. And then it goes into Leah saying that she's very tight because she's not having sex. And then Sonia saying that she knows a doctor that can make you so tight that you'll only be able to have sex with a chihuahua. Uh, 
Oh my god. I know. It's it's <laughs> We also you... forgot that I also loved when Leo was just like, I like getting tongue to my ass. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved how that was the line. Yeah. That Sonya. was the line Sonya, like I can't I can't. Wait, also that. did Sonia get new veneers? Maybe. Her teeth looked extra pronounced in her they look great. They just looked very like I was like, oh, those are different teeth in her quarantine confessional. Yeah, I something was going on. I have a really hard time like noticing people get work done. I think I'm just so used to their faces changing that I don't even really pick up on it anymore. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard post- to keep track of. Yeah. Like people post pictures of Kim Zolciak, like, oh my God, whose face is this? And I'm like, yeah, that looks like her to me. Like, I, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? She's like a magic eye poster. Um, so <laughs> Sonia also doesn't like big dicks, which I found disappointing and surprising. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was full of surprises this episode. She's, she's a real treat. Who is your favorite housewife? Do you have a favorite? Of of all, of all or of New York, whichever's easier. I'll do of New York. Well, currently my favorite housewives are Karen and Giselle from Potomac. Hundred um, But of New York, I mean, it was I'm I'm basic with this, but Bethany was has always been my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I think of this crew. Hmm. I think in terms of just like camp, Luann is my is the most entertaining to watch. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'd say Luann. I like Leah. She's she's definitely like a she's gonna be around for a while. She's so interesting to me because she's like the perfect example of like I am very confused about your real life but as a housewife I really fuck with her I loved we'll talk we can talk about it later too but I when at the end when Dorinda is like telling Sonia that she's weak at, <laughs> for, like out of nowhere and then storms out there, the, there's this face that Leah makes where she's because Leah's sober I think in this moment and she's she, I don't think she's ever heard Dorinda be this crazy, but all the other women are used to it. And Dorinda goes, you're weak. You're weak. That's what the truth is. You're weak. And then you just see Leah's face and she just like looks at her like, what? And it's so <laughs> funny and like felt like it was breaking the fourth, like the wall kind of. And like, it just was really funny to me. And I, it made me like appreciate her even more. Yeah, I do love Leah because she is, fresh blood and you see her reacting to the housewives that we're so used to but it's like like a first interaction for her where she's like wow okay (laughs) now all the things heard like now I'm seeing it in real life and I get it and it's shocking Uh, um, Elise says she doesn't want to get wasted and pours herself a pint glass of vodka which I think (laughs) is worth it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're 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 like Leah's like there's a lot of expensive glass and ceramic in here and I'm if I turn up I know it like like she knows you know she might have relapsed and is you know kind of 
denying that she has an issue, but at least she knows when to turn it off. Yeah, she knows that, like, there are a lot of expensive ceramics in this house. I will break them, and yeah. I'm not going to pay so I should. it's just not even worth me getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get to Luann. Wow. The emancipation of Lou. She... Um, they're talking about her next cabaret show, and this is, like, such a trigger for Luann, and where we really get, like, the Countess comes back, because it's really, like, the only thing that she has over the other housewives, that, like, she's got this, like, level of fame in the cabaret world, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that fucking means. (laughs) So Sonia is supposed to be in the show, and Ramona and Dorinda are like, okay, you need to pay Sonia. And she's like, I do pay her. I agree with. I totally agree with Luke. I don't know how much money she's bringing in to be like paying other talent, but she definitely needs to get paid more than $225. That's ridiculous. Also, I just need to briefly shout out the moment when Luann, who's definitely drunk, and Sonia go yes. over to the, they open the door and they look out at the sunset together. And, yes. then, they just, and then they just kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, it's, uh, my god um so here's my thing is that i just feel like luann is trying to like establish herself as like a broadway baby but she doesn't understand that like sonia is the big get like you can bring in you know somebody from the cast of wicked all you want to but like your main audience are going to be people who like bravo and so yeah. sonia is the one that you should really be paying yes Sonia is, like, half the reason why people are probably there. At least half. Luann should just, like, quote-unquote, take, like, take her on as, like, her sidekick or, like, her, like, you know, her stage kind of just working the room. Like, she should just have, it should just be Luann's show featuring Sonia Morgan. Exactly. Like, do you think that, like, the 30-year-old women and gays are coming to see Tommy Toon? Like, it's not happening. <laughs> Or like Brandy Rainbow or like. <laughs> <laughs> like, get real. Get real, yeah. Luann. Um, Luann flips the fuck out and she's like, I have major Broadway talent and I'm not going to pay Sonia to take her dress off. And then she goes, you're done. You're done. I don't want you yeah. in my show, you bitch. <laughs> wow. I don't want you in my show. And like, she starts getting that like, when, when Luann is verging on blackout her her voice becomes like one word per every five seconds right it's like you're done in my show and then she like walks up like she's just right back to where she started oh my god it was incredible television poor little sonia starts to cry on that purple couch and she goes i'm a warrior I'm a funny girl. <laughs> I'm a funny girl. <laughs> they're like, yeah, yes, you are. And then Luann or Leah's like comforting her. Unbelievable. Um, Luann goes, she thinks she's going to be the star of my show. She's sadly mistaken. <laughs> she's sadly mistaken. <laughs> oh my God. Dorinda. She's sadly mistaken. <laughs> She's just talking to herself, by the way. Just in the, just talking to whoever is in the room. Yeah. Production. Luann, but like it, it's so fitting that some she would she would 
they're having a fight about cabaret and like a, a manor in the Berkshires. Like, <laughs> right. Like the drama of it all, the setting, the, the, the wood paneled walls screaming in a dining room with nobody else, but a cameraman. <laughs> just, just incredible. Like you truly, it's yeah. just amazing. And then, yeah. like you said, Dorinda starts to get pissed off with Sonia. Just like calling her weak. You let her, you take it, you let her say that to you. (laughs) And this is when we know that Dorinda's off the edge. She starts at trademark point. Mm -hmm. Like that, like bad girls club pointing at people. And Uh (laughs) like, also there's this, there's this moment right before all the shit goes, goes down when Leah, after Leah says, I'm not going to be drinking tonight. (laughs) <laughs> the camera and they totally their like inception levels of trolling is so good at this point with these women but mm-hmm. they in subtitles you hear Dorinda quietly say to Leah let's drink yeah. or let's <laughs> let's keep drinking like <laughs> what okay I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you impress no glue press on Manny's and impress press on falsies lashes Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My God, oh my God. Um, yeah, Dorinda goes off on Sonia, calls her weak. You're not standing up for yourself, and do you need me to go off on her? Because I'll do it. Because I'm a warrior. She's a warrior now. She's um, a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> she is. She runs up to Lou and says, "Sonia's weak, and shame on you, because." Sonia stood by your side in your sobriety journey. <laughs> the way she says sobriety. <laughs> also, so just so ironic. Like, what? Like, you're. <laughs> why are you even. We shouldn't even. I'm sorry, but we should not even be talking about Luann's sobriety at this point. <laughs> Anybody's sobriety at this point. Like, you're three sheets to the wind yeah. talking about how people stood next to your friend while she was trying when- to. When Dorinda goes to get Luann, she's, like, duck walking, like, into the other room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, a true, like, three quarters of a bottle of Casamigos between the two of them. Just yeah. <laughs> about how they're warriors. Both of you guys should be sober. I mean, let's truly be real. Yeah. Um, we get the flashbacks of Sonia, like, telling, like, with at dinner with Bethany and... And who's that lady? The Barbara. Barbara, yeah. Um, about how we're going to stand with you, how nice it is that you have the support 
of your friends while you're being sober and and then outside of the court where Luann gets off probation. Mm -hmm. Like, I support you, but I want you to know and feel that I support you, which is like the nicest thing that you could say. Yeah. Yeah, the episode ends with Lou telling Sonia that she's worthless. You're worthless. She just comes (laughs) storming back into the parlor. (laughs) In the parlor with your hot pink lips sweater, screaming Mm -hmm. at Sonia that they're worthless and that she'll never be invited to her cabaret show again. And then it's just, and then everyone's face, all their mouths just drop. The to be continued, which is a true trademark Hallmark Housewives episode. Hallmark Berkshires. Uh, exactly. Just uh And mm-hmm. next week looks crazy. And, and and next week there's a return from Heather. The return another of- another lady of the Berkshires. And then at one point it looks like Luann's leaving with all her bags. Livid. She's pissed. I, I cannot wait to see what happens. Me too. It's, I mean, honestly, they should just have the Real Housewives of New York just be in the Berkshires at all times. They should have done, like, a summer house for this summer. Yeah. And just let them be in there for, like, two... Honestly, they could be in there for six days and make 18 episodes out of that. No problem. Or just, or, like, during quarantine, like, they should have just moved them all to the Berkshires and just throw them in with each other. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, they could make, honestly, like, 18 to 20 episodes over a course of, like, 100, 100 hours. 120 hours of the program. I know. <laughs> um, what are you, how are you feeling about this season? Because I feel like people are really down on it. This episode kind of... Uh, revo- revived my hopes... Mm-hmm. I think this episode was, I. It sucks that they have to not be in the city for for that, but I think putting I think putting them all in one room and like I think they need more time together. Uh, like this, I think I think it was a good. It was a pretty good episode, like in in terms of this season, which has been kind of a flimsy season. Um, I'm I'm. I I really firmly believe that they should get rid of everyone except like Leah and Luann. Mm-hmm. And just start over. Maybe have Sonia be like a friend of, but I think they should get rid of Dorinda and Ramona. And they should just bring in either Leah's sister or like more downtown people and like you know, I I think they should have like you know, a black woman, a woman of color, like someone like a queer woman um like just bring in more i really feel like they need to start bringing in more of like what new york actually is yeah Um, and and i think leah is showing like you know she's quote unquote like downtown and i think she's you know she's hanging with the best of them in this in this crazy circle so it's like you can be not from the upper east side and be like fun to watch i don't know yeah, I think this was like the episode where it seemed like Leah was most comfortable with all of them. Yeah. Like she seemed less like an outsider, even though like she was making all these faces of just like be- various levels of being horrified. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, but it seemed like she really gets along with Sonia. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of them together being friends. Um, but yeah, like it's interesting to watch how the different housewives where and when they thrive, like what environments they thrive. Like obviously the Berkshires works really well for New York. Just mm-hmm. like any place where they can't escape from each other. Yeah. Really works well for them. Something about like dinner parties really makes like the Beverly Hills girl shine. Yeah. I have to finish this week's episode of that, but it was, I mean, that was a wild dinner with it, Denise and Aaron. Aaron. Can we talk about Aaron? What is going on? Yeah. There? I mean, definitely has Dirty John vibes. For sure. Like, and that he's sort of warping Denise into his, like, I mean, to me, it seems kind of like a false narrative of being, like, hunted by pharmaceutical companies. I mean, that is, like, <sighs> that's some crazy shit. It's truly crazy. And the fact that she thinks of Aaron as, like, a protector, like, I want mm-hmm. to be like, oh, my God, why could you possibly think that? But then I think about the Charlie Sheen of it all, and you're like, well, yeah, that had sense. Yeah, yeah, she's... I mean, I, I'm a Denise Richards fan. I have been since I was, like, a kid. Like, I love her so much, but I... She definitely... You know, she doesn't have the best track record with <laughs> with her partners. She does not. But she's, and she's honest about, like, the insanity of Charlie Sheen, but, like... I, don't, I just think there's some major red flags with Aaron and also that Aaron was with like Nicolette Sheridan and like has, you know, kind of gone around like the Hollywood scene before. I don't, that's that always is like a red flag for me. Yeah, it's it, some reason it hits different when men do it to like Hollywood actresses and the other way around. Maybe that's just like our societal expectations. But also Aaron's just like a fucking weirdo. Like he's just he's weird. creepy, and and the way he like talks to the other women, it's like I I just think there's something like simmering beneath that's like very dark, and I mean that video of them driving the car and Denise being like, "That's the same car that's been following," and like I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is like a demented scenario." It really is. It, and I did not like that moment where they were walking away from that first party. Was it Kyle's party? Where he was like, I'm going to crush your hand. Like, stop talking. Like, ooh, sir. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I, I just have a, I have a feeling he's going to, like, fuck her up. Or, like, not not physically, but, like, fuck, just fuck her over somehow. And, you know, Denise is, like, has a lot of money. And she's, you know, she might be not as, like, relevant in terms of like being but she still has a name like she's a she's kind of iconic and she is definitely a star and like he kind of found like an easy i don't know i just feel like he is maybe gonna take her for a ride Uh, no i completely agree and yeah i mean she seems like a smart girl she seems like somebody who has lived a life like yeah but also like is smart with her money she doesn't Mm -hmm. seem very frivolous like no like they rent they're very like they seem like they have modest a modest way of living yeah yeah um her kids seem really well loved 
they they do they seem well adjusted and i just i i worry for her because i feel like that relationship is probably not long for this world <laughs> no and i just i don't i did not like that hand thing i thought that was really scary I agree. I it, it was. Oof, I don't like that. So, uh, prayers, yeah. prayers, prayers up for Denise. <laughs> prayers up for Denise. All eyes on Aaron. Um, I yeah. need an eye on Aaron. <laughs> I need open up your third eye for Aaron. I think you yeah. need the eyes we have. Um, Carrie, this was so great. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me again. I would. Always love to come back. It's so fun. Yes. Tell people where they can find you. Um, you can follow me at eCarrio on Twitter and Instagram. And I co-host Sex Unique Podcast with Laura Marie Shanehalls. Um, there's a new episode this week. There's Patreon you can subscribe to. So, yeah. Check me out there. Yeah. So, I'm going to have to have you back for an episode of Potomac, for sure. Oh, I'm counting the days. <laughs> I'm gonna get you on like a special Mark- Michael Darby heavy episode. We're gonna. Oh, have- I'm ready. I'm I'm okay. so excited. <laughs> All right, Carrie. Well, you have a great day. Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Bye. Bye.